Petrangelo shoots, save, rebound, score! Nicholas Waugh ties it! Rebound goal for Nick Waugh! Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studio and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. A steal for Colasar, charging out. Colasar the right, he shoots and scores! Colasar on the breakaway! This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Your home for access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here are your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Welcome in Vegas, Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports, Las Vegas. Ryan Wallace hanging out inside T-Mobile Arena. Chris Chapman back inside the Finley Chevrolet, Fox Sports, Las Vegas Studios. Finley Chevrolet on the 215. Home of the... And here we go, the Golden Knights back-to-back action last night, or yesterday's probably more accurate. The Golden Knights complete the season series against the San Jose Sharks. They beat Sharks. They beat them for to nothing. And boy, oh boy, the Golden Knights take the season series four games to none as well. And you look at how that game sets up Vegas for today. It's pretty astounding. It really is amazing because I think for the Golden Knights, you're talking about a team going into a back-to-back situation. This might be the best, most well-rested. Vegas Golden, the Gold, the Vegas Golden Knights will ever be in the second half of a back-to-back, and that should set them up hopefully for some success tonight against the Nashville Predators. We're going to dig into that game. We're also going to get to game ratings from the weekend. I know everybody wants to rate yesterday's game against the Sharks, but we've also got to get to the Carolina Hurricanes game. That one will be in our game ratings as well. We've got one timers coming up in hour number two. The Morgan Riley Ridley Gregg saga comes to a close, hopefully for the end of time. And this is the last time we'll have to talk about Morgan Riley. We'll also dig into Austin Matthews a little bit more because as we talked about last week on the show, Austin Matthews should be getting heart trophy consideration and it just hasn't seemed to happen yet for him. What more does he have to do? Well, continue to pile up hat-tricks, I guess, is the only way to get yourself into that conversation. But as we do every single week, first show of the week, whether it's a Monday, a Tuesday, a Wednesday, doesn't really matter. The first show of the week, the first segment belongs to you. 702-876-1340 is the number. 702-876-1340. I'm throwing this out there, and I know that if you've got an opinion or you have something that you feel strongly about, Bring that to the fold here. I want to know what your opinions and your thoughts are right now with the Vegas Golden Knights. But if I could throw one thing out there to you, and I sent this in on the text line as well, 702-876-1340. If you're shy, you don't want to pick up the phone, you don't want to talk to us, you can send in your thoughts on this on the text line as well. Same number. What is giving you the most optimism right now about the Vegas Golden Knights? And I say that fully acknowledging, fully understanding that the majority of the conversation today should center on one player and one player in particular, that's Shea Theodore, who looks like, for all intents and purposes, will be back in the lineup for the first time in 35 games. Shea Theodore looks like he will play tonight against the Nashville Predators. But what are you most optimistic about right now with the Vegas Golden Knights. 702-876-1340. That's the number. We'll go out to the phone lines, bring in Mike. Hey, Mike, how you doing? A lot these days with uh, another game yet today. Um, I guess optimistic? Well, obviously, the fact that we are 
firmly into the playoff uh, picture. You know, we don't have to worry about that too much. And there's one-third of the season to go. Uh, so I'm very optimistic that guys who are filling in are doing adequate to great jobs. They seem to be stepping up one by one and getting the job done, which I don't know if that can continue, obviously, but right now I'm very optimistic about that. We were talking today about that weird and wacky game last night between Minnesota and Vancouver. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, one of the writers uh, follows the Knights, opined that uh, perhaps the NHL is not using the same strategy on defense that they used to. We're seeing more goals now. I want to get your take on this. We're seeing more goals now because younger guys are playing defense without the thought of defending as well. And the older guys who used to play defense really hard on PKs are not there. Now, is there any truth to that, do you think? I I mean, like, can you, can, you got to give me specifics there. Like, the idea that defense will sputter out or not be as tight as it generally was or had been in the past because you are getting younger, I think is a fair point. Like, you bring in younger players that have not played the amount of – you know, games or years at the NHL level, like they're going to get exposed by guys that have been around for a long time. But, you know, I, I think that that is generally what you'll find in any sport. The, the younger you become, the less experience you have on an individual roster, uh, the less you can expect that that level of, of competition or that level of attention to detail to be there. So I I think that's probably true among all sports across all domains and really with every team. As you get younger year over year, you have younger players that you're you're kind of putting into those roles and expecting similar results to guys that have been around forever, and it, it doesn't really work out that way. Okay. Well, then I guess I leave you with this thought. What difference will Shea Theodore make in our power play tonight? How will he assimilate? Uh, I don't expect it all to turn around in one day, obviously. Mm-hmm. But will he make a difference in your opinions? Yeah, I, I mean, absolutely he will. Thanks, Mike, for the call. Um, with with Shea Theodore, there have been a couple of different spots that we've looked at where we expect him to have a big impact on the Vegas Golden Knights. Power play being one of them, five on five, the ability to break out, stretch passes, um, transition offense, like those are all things that we expect to improve for Vegas with Shea Theodore back in the fold. But I think on the power play specifically, like there has been maybe an unwillingness and uncomfortability to a degree for the Vegas Golden Knights when the puck is high in the zone at the blue line and then an, an understanding that if you get the puck to the front of the net, it's going to get there. Oftentimes we see the Golden Knights, when they load up, when they go low to high, back to the defense. Either if that shot gets through, it's surprising. If it doesn't get through, it's going back the other way, and all of a sudden you're on your heels. Shea Theodore's ability to get pucks through specifically on the power play, his ability to walk the line, his ability to open up different lanes and angles, that I think is where you're going to notice the biggest difference. Is it going to fix everything in one day? Absolutely not. Uh, you still need Jack Eichel on your power play for this to be 
quote, fixed or to get back to the level that the Golden Knights were in the first 20 games of the year. But if you want to know how good the Golden Knights power play can be with Shea Theodore, look at where they were at the beginning of the season. Look at where they were through the first 20 games because that's when Shea Theodore went down. When he was in the lineup, this Golden Knights power play was pushing top 10 in the league. And, and that gives me optimism that you'll be able to get back there again. So thanks, Mike, for the call. 702-876-1340. That's the number. It's, it's your segment on the VGK Insider Show. If you want more opinions, more calls, more thoughts, it's on you to pick up the phone right now and give us a call. to 702-876-1340. Let's go out to the phone lines, bring in Stephanie. Hey, Stephanie, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good. How are you doing, Ryan? I'm good. So sending my best out to Darren. Um, I've been dealing with a cold, too, and it is not fun. Um, hopefully he's feeling better soon because this is, it sucks. Mm. Um, what didn't suck was the game last night. That was a lot of fun. And something that especially doesn't suck is getting Shea Theodore back. Like, I'm, I'm really excited for the power play. But also, I'm just really excited to see him skating on the ice again. Um, one of my favorite moments, from the finals was when he uh, broke Anthony Duclair's legs, right? I think that's who it was, but he broke his legs and got a goal, right? I say Theodore is amazing to watch skate. He has so much just pure skating ability out there on the ice that I've missed getting to see that. Yeah, I I mean, I, I don't disagree with you with Shay. He's, you know, he's such a great skater. He's got amazing tools at his disposal in terms of deception and he opens up so many different angles and lanes for him that you know it's it's no surprise that you miss that ability when it's not in your lineup and I think for the Golden Knights getting Shea back should allow them to be a little bit more dynamic offensively and and have more of that contribution come from their back end which is something they've been missing since he went out of the lineup so it's it's going to be important it's going to be big. Yeah, and, you know, I just, I really love seeing him out there, especially with Braden McNabb, because, you know, Braden McNabb is such a stay-at-home, he's going to be where he needs to be and do what he needs to do on the defensive line, and him paired with Shea Theodore and Shea being more offensive-minded and being able to jump into the plays a little bit more, like, I just, I love seeing them as a pair, I just, I'm so excited to see Shea Theodore back in the lineup. Yeah, great stuff there, Stephanie. Thanks for the call. Um, I, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that, again, most people most people are going to find optimism in Shea Theodore. Most people are going to look at this game today and, and recognize that it's the first time you get to see Shea Theodore back with the Vegas Golden Knights in 35 games. We'll bring in Chris Chapman. And again, open up the phone line, 702-876-1340. We have lines open right now, so if you have a question, a comment, a concern, whatever it might be, or if you want to give us your thought, what makes you optimistic about this team right now, you can go ahead and give us a call. But, you know, with Shea Chapman outside of the power play, because like, I know everyone's excited about that. I know everyone is is looking at the power play specifically as, as a mark where the Golden Knights can improve. But more to me, it's what Shea Theodore brings to the table five on five. I think that that is going to be a bigger impact initially than what he might be able to do for you on the power play. Yeah, I mean, look, it's obviously a, a huge benefit to get him back because it gives you a guy who can, a defenseman who can move the puck through the neutral zone, mm. and it takes a little pressure off of guys like like Alec Martinez and Brady McNabb, who, you know, have been pulling pulling a workman's load. I mean, obviously, Petrangelo, the guy, is a machine. He can go out there and play a ton of minutes, but I I, I think. 
what he brings on the power play and what he brings on five and five is it just gives you another scoring option. I mean, you could go back and look, and the game before he he got injured, they beat Montreal six to five on the road in uh, Quebec. He had four points in that game. Hmm. Like, I know one of them was a power play goal, and he had a couple of of assists on the power play. But the point is, he 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 gives you immediate offensive upgrade. And it's not a knock on, on Daniil Merrimanoff, but he's not Shea Theodore. And you insert him in the lineup, I assume he'll play next to Braden McNabb, which is, you know, probably where, where he should be playing. Mm-hmm. And it gives that that pairing so much more in terms of stability because that's that's probably your your second well, it might be your first, right? I mean, Martinez and Petrangelo are a really good pairing, but I feel like it's a one and one a kind of thing with with McNabb and Theodore mm-hmm. out there, but you have that stay at home defenseman who's going to block a ton of shots and allow Shea to do his thing and create, which is what he's so good at. I mean, he's so he's so dynamic when he has that puck in open ice and the things that he can do. I'm excited because we haven't seen him since uh, November 14th. I mean, here we are; it's February 20th. We're talking three months mm-hmm. since we've seen Shea Theodore. It's a long time, and I don't expect him to go out there and be Superman on his very first shift, but I think as the game goes along and Shea gets more comfortable, we're going to see what we've missed without Shea Theodore in the lineup. Okay, so here's one that I, th- I find to be really interesting. It's a statistic on the season. How many times, Chris Chapman, have the Vegas Golden Knights had their full complement of defensemen in the lineup? Well... I am going to say zero. You're wrong. Really? No, it's one because they had White Cloud in that game against Pittsburgh, and then they didn't have anyone else. The they like so so I knew it was really low. So is it is it one? It is. It is one time. Yeah. The today Pittsburgh will be game. today will be the second time all season long that the Golden Knights have had their full cl- complement of defensemen, where it's it's Martinez, Petrangelo, McNabb, and Theodore and Haig and Whitecloud. The expected starting six on the blue line will be the second time, just the second time that that has happened all season long. Like, if you would have known that going into the season, right, if we're talking about middle October, the puck hasn't dropped yet, the banner hadn't been raised, if you were to tell Golden Knights fans, you're going to play 55 games, and on the 55th game of the season, you will for the second time, have your full complement of six defensemen. And you still will have only had one game, one game, Chapman, where you've had your full complement of all skaters, right? Because you've still had injuries to your defense. You've had injuries up front. Like, you have not had more than one game this season through 55 where you have had your full complement of healthy players that you would expect based on how they finished last year in the lineup. How many people in that moment would say, boy, oh boy, we could be second in the Pacific Division? We could have a, kind of an, an, an inroad to home ice advantage in the first round? Like, I don't know that there's a lot of people that would have predicted that if you would have gone back at the beginning of the season and said, you're going to have injury issues, you're going to have them for the majority of the season, and it's really not going to work itself out in any appreciable way perhaps until the final third of the year. Yeah, I think you would have you would have had people hitting hitting 
panic mode right away. Panic button immediately. Like, yeah. the sky is falling and the season hasn't even started. I mean, that, that Pittsburgh game, it was November the 19th. Hmm. So, um, you know, and I, and I had it backwards. Shay's last game was on November 22nd. So yeah. uh, it was at Dallas. So I, I had, I'm looking at the, the statistics backwards. But, yeah, so, so that Pittsburgh game was 11-19. And then Shea last played in the Stars game, which was the following game on the 22nd. So um, it's wild. I mean, it's really wild when you think about it. I mean, I don't, I don't know what every other team in the in the league has gone through, but I would venture to guess that there's not one team that's a legitimate cup contender that has faced something similar where they've had their A lineup on the ice for one game. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure there there's a couple that are that are pretty low as well, but one seems like such an aberration. Like I mean, remember we had the conversation with Darren before the season started too about mm-hmm. how many games they were talking about it in the office about how many games you would get with your A lineup. And we were thinking, eh, probably about 20 or so. The Golden Knights aren't going to get to 20 games. Well, they've got 27 left. Yeah, so we don't know when Eichel's coming back. We don't know when William is coming back. So, yeah. I mean, those are still two members of the A lineup. So, uh, you know, it'd be nice to get them back. And, and that's not even saying what's going to happen in the remaining 27 games. I mean, you'd hope that there's no more injuries. But who knows? I mean... Ultimately, what matters to me is that this team has their A lineup come puck drop for the playoffs. Like, they can navigate the rest of the way with what they have out there. But when you get into the playoffs and the boys become men and the hitting ramps up and the intensity ramps up, I think that's when, if you're Bruce Cassidy, you're like, well, I better have my A lineup for that. Well, aren't you already there? Like, wouldn't you make the argument that that's what this time of year is right now? Like, it's not to the level of the playoffs, but... It's getting close. The, the expectation that every game, every single, you know, shift that you take that gets you closer to that point is bringing more intensity and, and more of that playoff-like atmosphere. Like, you know, for the Golden Knights, they, they've got to dial in their game right now. Yeah, but I, I, I would make the case that they're... They're pretty set in, in where they're going to be. They're either going to be that two or three in the Pacific Division. They're either going to play four games in Edmonton or four games in Vegas against the Oilers. Mm-hmm. I don't think the Kings are going to catch them, and I don't think they're going to catch the Canucks. So I think at this point it's more about getting healthy mm-hmm. and perfecting your game as opposed to ramping up the intensity. Now when you get to that final 15, 10 games, I think that's when you really start to dial it in. But I think for the Golden Knights right now, the the the, the key focus is making sure you've got your A lineup out there and, and making sure that when they do get all those guys out there and healthy, that they stay together. Okay, so you said that, and, and I, I tend to agree with this, Like I don't think anyone's catching Vancouver. However, I'm going to just make a argument right off the bat here. The Golden Knights have two games in hand on the Vancouver Canucks. Vancouver's 10 points up on Vegas right now. And Vancouver lost a game yesterday that a lot of teams don't really come back from. It's 5-3 going into the third period, and they allow the Minnesota Wild, of all teams, Chapman, the Minnesota Wild to score seven goals (laughs) in the third period, and they lose that game 10-7. Like, I know that Vancouver has essentially gone... 57 games into this season without really hitting a stumbling block, without really having moments, right, where it it looks like they're going to 
fall back to earth. And and I just I look at the last couple of games for this team, and I wonder if we might be at the beginning of something that pushes them back a little bit and if Vegas can take care of business the next couple of weeks maybe they can make things uncomfortable on a team in Vancouver that hasn't been here recently they don't know what that stretch drive is going to be like when teams are really kind of breathing down their necks and maybe just maybe for a brief moment right now that opportunity exists for the Golden Knights. Yeah, that was that game yesterday was wild. I mean, two players on the on the wild had hat tricks in that game. So three players total, Chapman. Yeah, pretty pretty wild. So um, I, I wish I had been watching that game because it seems like it would have been one of those ones where if you're watching it with someone who's not a hockey fan, mm-hmm. they're like, "Wow, this is great!" And then you watch them a game of a copy of the Golden Knights and, and Carolina Hurricanes from the other night to, Chadman, to make me, them fall out of love with the game. But Let me let me tell you this right now. If I had never watched hockey before and the only game that I ever watched in my life was that Minnesota-Vancouver game last night, I'd give up watching hockey. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. Like I would watch that game, I would see what happened, and I would say, okay, it can never, ever get better than this. I'm done. I... But I want to go back to, to to the question that you asked originally. Yep. The Edmonton Oilers have three games in hand on the Golden Knights, and they are three points behind. Sure. They've now built a, a winning streak again. And granted, it's only two games in a row. But I would I would make the argument that there's a better chance that the Oilers catch the Golden Knights than the Golden Knights catch the Vancouver Canucks. Okay. Would would that bother you one way or another? Though. No. No. Like no, because because I I believe, and. You know, it could be me being Vegas media guy talking, mm-hmm. but I believe the Golden Knights are better than the Edmonton Oilers. Okay, so here's like here's my thought on it, right? Like, if you're looking at it from the Golden Knights' perspective, you can view it different ways. If you have the Edmonton Oilers in round one of the playoffs, that is a marquee matchup. That is hitting the ground running. It is testing yourself when you're ideally, hopefully, at your healthiest. Like, I think that there's merit to wanting that series then. But by by the same token, if you can avoid the Edmonton Oilers until the second round, and I'm not saying that you want to or you feel you have to, but make no mistake about it, playing the Vancouver Canucks in the first round is an infinitely easier matchup because you know the Oilers have been here before. Yeah, well, you have unknowns with Vancouver, and so whether it's Vegas that catches them, whether it's Edmonton that catches them, I think for the first time this season, it feels realistic that somebody can catch them, and then that kind of throws a wrinkle into what our expected playoff matchups are going to be. Well, if, I, if, if you're going to ask me legitimate, like, Mike, honestly... I would much prefer the Oilers to catch the Canucks. Like, mm. go right ahead. And 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 just, we saw last year, right? They they put on this, this unbelievable chase to Vegas last year. And at the end of the day, Vegas was better. So go ahead, go ahead, Edmonton. Go win your Pacific Division title. Go chase down the Canucks. You could beat the Kings in the first round just to lose in the second round again to the Golden Knights. Yeah. Like or, I, I, I would, I would much prefer the look. If Vegas catches Vancouver, great. I don't, I don't think it'll happen. But ideally, the best case scenario is that the Canucks don't win the division, no matter who catches them. Which is, sure. I think, what you just yeah. basically laid out. Yeah, I mean, I, I think in in that scenario, everybody wins. Yeah, right. Like the 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 Edmonton Oilers. Well, the Canucks win. don't win. Well, 
Yeah, but again, our, like <laughs> this goes back to what we were talking last yeah, week. Yeah, I, 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 I think Vancouver. They, I, I, I don't, and and yeah. yesterday kind of illustrates why. Right, exactly. Like I don't trust them in a seven game series, and no, I've, been, I've been I have been very I, open about that. I, I I I believe that Edmonton and Vegas are infinitely better than them. Sure, and I think the experience factor of the Kings, the Kings get their goaltender situation sorted out. I. I mean that's a good series, but I, I I would not sleep on the Kings at all to knock the Canucks out if that if that ended up being a first round matchup. The only the only saving grace I think for Vancouver would be if somehow they played either the Predators or the Blues. I think they they would probably win that series. Hmm. But I mean I I, I don't know. I, I I certainly don't like them to beat Vegas or Edmonton. Yeah, and that's kind of you know the aspect of this that I'm I'm looking at here is. You know, obviously for the Golden Knights, you've got 27 games to work with. You've got a lot of runway here. And, you know, for a Vancouver team that is new in this spot, that, that, that is going to learn a few lessons along the way, they're going to learn about themselves as a team and, and what they can bring to the table. Like, the pressure down the stretch, is it's huge. It really is. And you look at last season, right? The Golden Knights, they were able to fend off the Edmonton Oilers down the stretch. Why? Because they'd been there before. They had done it. They know what it takes. They use that ramp as a way to get their game in order. And I think that's what Bruce Cassidy's talked about most over the last couple of weeks here, certainly since getting back from the bye week and the All-Star break. This is about building your game. This is about finding out who you are and where you're at and how you stack up. And I think it wouldn't surprise me all that much if down the stretch – the Golden Knights kind of use some things to their advantage. Edmonton uses uh, some of that, some of those matchups to their advantage, and the Vancouver Canucks stumble and lose their way a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I think I I like Rick Tockett, but I, I I think there there's a lot of question marks with that team. And you know, when you give up ten goals to the Minnesota Wild, like seven in in one period, I mean that's un, unimaginable. Mm-hmm. And you have to, as you mentioned, you have to wonder if there's some cracks in the dam. Um, look, a, a lot of those guys have never been here before. There's, there's the 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 market in Vancouver is going to put a ton of pressure on that team. I, I I just don't know. I mean, they have they have some really good players, but they have a lot of good individual players. When it comes playoff time, I I just don't know if if that's a team that has the Look, and we could be totally off here. Like maybe mm-hmm. they'll surprise the hell out of us. Maybe, but possible. I I think there there's something about having to to kind of get in the playoffs and 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 get a feel for it. And I don't know if you're if you get the Kings or the Golden Knights or Edmonton, if you're going to have the opportunity to have a feel for the playoffs. Like it's going to be 100 percent full on blitz you right out of the gate. Those three teams have all been here. Multiple times in the last couple of years, obviously, Vegas winning a Stanley Cup, Edmonton winning a couple of series. I mean, it's it's going to be a really tall ask for for the Canucks to go out there and and repeat what they've done so far in the regular season to repeat what what they've done when the season begins, the second season begins. So as usually happens on the show, we go off on a bit of a tangent, but I do want to bring it back to the initial thought uh, at the beginning of the show, and that was optimism, right? The the what makes you most optimistic right now about where the Vegas Golden Knights are at. And then, you know, for me, I, like, it's easy to say health. 
it's easy to say, well, Shea Theodore is getting healthy. He's back in the lineup. Jack Eichel, the expectation is, is that he's going to be back sometime soon and that you're going to have full health going into the playoffs. You're going to have your full complement of players. And when this team is healthy, they're still the best team in the league. I'm not I'm not backing off of that. I'm not going to uh, shy away from that. It's a firm belief that I have. When this team is healthy and they are clicking on all cylinders, they are the best team in the National Hockey League. Until somebody knocks them off that perch, that's who they are. But for me, the optimism lies in what they've been able to do when they're not healthy. The optimism for me lies in what the Golden Knights have been able to accomplish here through 55 games that I don't think a lot of other teams would be able to muster. I don't know that there are other teams out there that can go through 55 games and have their full complement of players one time and still be in the hunt for tops in their division and tops in their conference. Like That is how good the Golden Knights have been, even with the injuries, and that speaks to a team that understands what they need to do on a night-to-night basis that does understand what their identity is and how they have to play, and they listen to and trust in their coach. To me, that's the most optimistic aspect of what the Golden Knights have done so far this season is that they've been able to do this when unhealthy. Well, I think that's, that's, a, that's a really important factor because you look at a guy like Nick Waugh, who who has, for a majority of his time in Vegas, been a bottom six guy Mm -hmm. he's asked to step up and play in the top line and that top line continues to impress you look at a guy like Michael Amadio who you know he 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 was he he was a a waiver claim Mm -hmm. he scores pivotal goals for this team a lot of times every goal Michael Amadio scores seems to be a big goal like he doesn't score a lot of garbage goals like he seems to be able to step up and score when the team really needs a lift I mean, obviously, there's there's other guys who, and I and I'm not going to leave out Jonas Rombierg. I mean, he's a guy who, he 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 probably needs to add a little more offensive skill to his game. Mm-hmm. But defensively, when you ask him to go out there and play on the fourth line, he is not a liability in any way, shape, or form. I mean, there's not a lot of teams, as you mentioned. You take Connor McDavid off of the Edmonton Oilers, can Leon Drysaddle carry the load by himself? Probably not. You take Elias Pettersson off of the Vancouver Canucks. Is that team sitting today with 80 points and 37 wins? Probably not. So, I mean, we could go down the list. I mean, you take Jack Eichel out of this lineup for as long as he's been out, and you take the top center off of every other team in the league, what are they doing? They're probably not doing as well as this Vegas team has done without Jack Eichel. I I couldn't agree more on that again, is why I feel there should be a lot of optimism surrounding this team, not just now, but down the stretch, especially as they get healthier. We've got a lot in terms of this show. We've got game ratings coming up. Again, we've got one-timers as well, news and notes from around the National Hockey League. All of that still to come on the VGK Insider Show right here on Fox Sports Las Vegas. It's the saddest thing in the world to me that we can't let that song breathe a little bit, Chapman. Yeah, I mean, it's... I I mean, I know we can't. I get it. Like, you 2 ruined it for everybody. But, yeah. Uh, and we'll talk about you 2 a little bit later on in the show. I, I don't know if you've heard the I, story out of Nashville when it comes to you 2 and, and some of the standards and practices that need to be upheld for the Nashville <laughs> Predators to get to have fun. Uh, but we'll get into that a little bit later on in the show. Mason Morelli, uh, you heard Dan Duva's call his first career NHL goal in his first career NHL game. 
And not only is it a goal, but it's a power play goal. So that was money right there for Mason Morelli. And speaking of money, Chapman, we've got something new hitting the airwaves here on Fox Sports Las Vegas. You can hit the jackpot on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We are starting the year off with a chance to hit the jackpot every Monday through Friday. You, yes, you, the listeners, you could win $2,024. Listen in for the daily code and text it to 702 365 1340 to register for your chance to win every day. The contest will open early on, 7 a.m., and it goes to 5 p.m. every single day. It'll be a different code every day, but that is really a fun contest that we're kicking off right now, and I'm feeling generous, Chapman, so I'm going to throw the code out for the first time today right now. So if you're listening... Oh, I'm listening. ...and you want to win money, you want the opportunity to win money, here's the code for you. Tark, T-A-R-K, Tark. That's the code of the day. Text that to 702-365-1340, and you are entered in for a chance to win $2,024 today. Wow. That's pretty awesome. Look at me. I'm just giving stuff away now. Yeah, yeah. You're I'm, like- just, I'm, I'm digging it. I'm feeling it. Uh, I, I enjoy the power that I have right now. You should. you should. We are we are sending our well wishes once again to Darren Millard. We expect he will be back with us at some point this week. We know he's been down and out a, a couple of days, and it's never fun for anybody. But I'm I'm drunk on the power now. I just want to give things away, Chapman. I'm giving away money. I'm going to give away tickets at some point if we have those. You got to tell me. No, we I, don't. I, oh come on. Yeah. How do we not have tickets for well, real? Well, because. The, the next game after tonight is Thursday. Then they go on yeah. the road for about a week and a half. So. Yeah, you're telling me about road road games and stuff like that, Chapman. I mean, we could figure out a way to send somebody. That's all I'm saying. Wouldn't it be cool if we could send someone to, like, Toronto for a game or send you someone know what, to You know Columbus? what would have been amazing? And, like, this is revisionist history, obviously, but, like, if we would have sent somebody to the Winter Classic, how fun would that have oh, been? Oh, that would have been – I mean – one of our listeners would have been really happy. Well, like them and out, their family. Outcome of the game notwithstanding. But yeah, hey, but to, to know, be, be able – by the way, my my cousin, he was at the stadium series Devils and Flyers on Saturday. Mm-hmm. He's a Flyers fan, so I got a lot of text messages from him crying mm-hmm. about the outcome of that game. So, uh, no, I mean it, it was cool. He sent me some pics and, and a video. It, it looked like a lot of fun. I really wish I would have had the opportunity to go to the Winter Classic because the outdoor game, just aesthetically, it's it's so cool. And to yeah. be able to say that you were at one of those games and. Can we talk about how awful the Islanders uniforms were for their stadium we, series game with the we, Rangers? We can get there, but not right now, because I want to try as best I can to keep us on task today. There's a big game between the Golden Knights and the Nashville Predators. We're going to get to that in just a little bit. We'll also hear from Bruce Cassidy in hour number two. Jackpot of the day. Again, code word TARK. Text that to 702-365-1340. And you might just win some money. Okay, so we're going to dig into game ratings. I don't like to let this marinate. I don't like to let it linger uh, too far into the show. I I think that it's time to rip the Band-Aid off from the 3-1 loss to the Carolina Hurricanes and then also give our rating on yesterday's 4-0 shutout victory over the San Jose Sharks. So, Chris Chapman, let's get to our game ratings. To alcohol, the cause of and solution to... All of life's problems. All right, 3-1 loss on Saturday 
to the Carolina Hurricanes. Chris Chapman, what is your game rating? Well, I'm going to try to find something positive to say about it because there's, okay. there's not a lot to say that was positive about that game, especially the outcome. I'll, I'll give it a gin because I did like their first period. I thought they played really well against a really good team. Um, look, Carolina, they, they, they're starting to play some really good hockey. Um, what bugs me about the game, though, is that after the first period, the Golden Knights did not really put Spencer Martin in any type of difficult situations. Mm-hmm. He looked like Freddie Anderson instead of Spencer Martin. And when you're playing the Carolina Hurricanes, you can't do that. Um, there were some mistakes. I thought, I thought, and, and I'll be honest, I mean, it's as opposed to not being honest, right? But I thought it was probably one of the worst games Aiden Hills played as a Golden Knight. I didn't think he was particularly good. Um, first goal, I know, I know Martinez blew a tire and Petrangelo really had a, a spot where he, he couldn't really make a defensive play. But when you get beat by a backhand from 20 feet out, you should probably save that one. Um, I thought the second goal, I understand again, Mir Manoff turns the puck over at the blue line. Nothing anyone on the Golden Knights could do defensively. I thought Hill had a good play on the puck. It got through his legs, probably not one that he's going to look back and be too thrilled about. And I think the third goal, it it was a bit goofy, and I understand why the Golden Knights did not challenge it. But at that point, it really didn't matter because it didn't seem like they were going to come back from down 2-1. to I know that sounds crazy, Mm -hmm. but it seemed like the game was over at 2-1. to So I'm going to go with the gin. I liked the first period. I didn't like anything else I saw from them on on Saturday night. I thought Stone Line probably wasn't very good either. So... um, Look, they, they, they bounced back and, and played much better yesterday, though. Okay, so I'm with you. I'm going Jin 2 out of 5 on the 3-1 loss to the Carolina Hurricanes. I love their first period. I thought the Golden Knights' first period was fantastic. They had Spencer Martin and Carolina under duress for the majority of the period. They got to the inside, interior ice. It was where you wanted it to be for the Vegas Golden Knights, but then the Carolina Hur- Hurricanes took it away. In the second and third period, they took it away. They didn't need their goaltender to do much of anything the rest of the game. And I think that was the disappointment for me in terms of that game. So uh, I, I don't I don't know that it's, you know, you look at it, it's it's playing one-third of the game. Two out of five for me is, is about right on the, the game rating there. Now, you, do, you did mention that they played better yesterday they certainly did against san jose so i'm curious to see how much your game rating improved from game to game for the golden knights well i don't care that it was against san jose what i was looking for was a good bounce back and the golden knights bounce back big time in the first period three goals and then you you get the the cherry on top of the sunday where mason morelli in his first ever nhl game scores his first career goal Uh, alec martinez three assists in that one Logan Thompson gets the shutout. Like I said, don't care who it was against. I was looking for bounce back, and they bounced back, and they did exactly what they needed to do against a terrible team in San Jose. Look, it's a five out of five. It's a Dom P for me. Yeah, I, I'll go. I'll go five out of five too. I'm going to go Dom P. I'm not going to sit here and say that it was a a perfect game by any stretch for the Golden Knights. They were under duress for the first 90 seconds, but then everything changed on that seam pass from Zach Whitecloud to Michael Amadio. He was able to streak in behind the defense. He scores that goal. William Carlson adds another 
two and a half minutes later and the the route's on. Like at that point, it did not feel like there would be any strong, appreciable push from San Jose. And then the, the, the couple times that, that San Jose did kind of put something together, Vegas handled it, right? Like you get another goal late in the period. That's the Mason Morelli goal. And then Morelli adds an assist late in the second period on a Keegan Colasar goal. And it was as comfortable a victory as I think we've seen this year for the Golden Knights, maybe since the last time they, they played the Sharks and, and shut them out 5 to nothing. Now, having said that, here's where it really becomes interesting to me. Vegas was able to spread around the minutes so well and so positively yesterday that I'm expecting this team, the Golden Knights, today to have a lot of jump in this game against Nashville. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, Look, it's, a, it's, it's certainly a much better team than the San Jose Sharks. But, I mean, I think Nashville's probably going to want to come out and play a good game, especially considering something we're going to talk about in, in a little bit. But um, I do expect a, 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 a good performance by Nashville. But I think Vegas, look, as you mentioned, you, you, you have the wealth was spread around yesterday. You get the re-energies. I can't say the word. Ener- energy of Shea Theodore being inserted back into the lineup, that's going to provide a jolt for, for the blue line. Um, look, I, I, I think they'll be fine tonight. I, I'm, I'm expecting another win against Nashville. I don't think it's going to be easy, but I think they're going to play a good game and they're going to beat a, a, a pesky and a ready-to-go Nashville Predators team tonight. They're going to have to work for it, and I think they're going to do it. All right, so a gin, a 2 out of 5 for the 3-1 loss to the Carolina Hurricanes and a 5 out of 5 Dom P. For a four-nothing shutout victory over the San Jose yeah! Sharks. Oh boy, you just went for it right there. You want to do the Dom P uh, sounder, or you? you I have that? here a 1921 bottle of Dom Perignon, unopened. Oh yeah, time to party like it's your birthday. Popping bottles in the pawn shop. There it is, Dom P, four-nothing victory yesterday. By the way, San- yes, I went back and watched that clip, and okay. little did I know. That in that clip is a, a a someone you and I actually probably know. Oh I know boy. him. Just just what? well, well. I mean, it's not someone the, the listeners would know. It's someone you and I know, Derek Who? Roy. Oh, really? Yeah, Derek Roy brings in the bottle of Dom P for for uh, the Pawn Stars. I got to know the story behind that. I got to know it too. I mean, I don't I don't see Derek a whole lot, but if if I do well, bump you into him, you know him, just reach out to him. I don't know him that well. I don't have his number. But Okay, you you know how to get his number. Though. That's <laughs> I, I my do, point. Yeah, I want to get the backstory so so next time we play it we could tell the backstory. How confident are you that you can get the backstory by tomorrow? Uh, I don't know. I have to I have to see if 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 um the people who can give me his number are still around to give me his number. I mean, it can't be that difficult. I'll see what I could do. Okay. I'll see what I can do. Here, Cause, here's cause what I'm going to do. I, I here's think what you're I'm foreshadowing do. that I'm going to have to play it again tomorrow. Well, that's what I'm trying to lean into <laughs> here, Chapman. Like, if today is a Dom Perignon, like, if this game tonight, like, if the Golden Knights go out there and absolutely destroy Nashville. I need the, like, I need the backstory. Yeah. I need the backstory yeah. tomorrow. So you better hope that it's not a Dom P tomorrow. Or you should and just get the work done. <laughs> I'll put the legwork in. All right, good stuff. That uh, that's that's coming hopefully tomorrow on the VGK Insider Show. We'll take a break. Come back with more on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Okay, so if you are interested in the hit the jackpot contest, we have a bit of an amendment for you. 
The word of the day, the code word of the day, is Tark. Like Tark the Shark. T-A-R-K. And the updated phone number, as I've been told, is 702-876-1340. That's right. It's the text line that you all know and love. I promise you, I was only relaying information that was given to me. It may have been wrong in the moment, but it's right now. Who do you think you are? I am. Oh, that's a beautiful drop. <laughs> Who do you think you are? I am. Oh, beauty. By the way, Chapman. the other Pete Weber will be in mm-hmm. T-Mobile Arena tonight. Yep. Yep. I'm a big Pete Weber guy. I don't know if he's ever uttered those words, though. Text TARK to 702-876-1340. Hour number two of the VGA Insider Show is up next.